This week's episode of the Brick Room Boys is brought to you by Duke's Lukewarm. Many people, myself included, simply can't operate without coffee. It's become cliche at this point, but looking back, I'm not sure how I ever accomplished anything before I before making it part of my morning routine. The rising popularity of iced coffee over the past decade has certainly given us beanheads a fresh alternative. Unfortunately, it's also caused a predicament known as coffee uncertainty. Coffee is traditionally taken hot, but can occasionally cause you to burn your tongue or break a sweat if you're hustling on a hot day. Iced coffee requires no waiting period, but doesn't provide the same comforting warmth as a hot cup, and store-bought blends are quite pricey. Duke's Lukewarm understands your uncertainty and offers the perfect solution to this long-standing problem. All of our beverages are strictly served uh, between 100 and 110 degrees Fahrenheit. No need to worry about burning your hand or on your cup or being 80% ice. Just sit back and grease your gullet with that lovely lukewarm feel. Duke's has dine-in, drive-through, and online pickup options and offers a full refund to anyone whose drink is even slightly perceived as hot or cold. Cut out wasted time, wasted money, ways of the past, and warm up your day with Duke's Lukewarm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Break Room Boys. I'm Nate, and that's Lucas. Hey, big boy. We are 20 episodes in. Indeed. We I'm have a milestone. We have stuck with it. We're still going. There's no end in sight, so get used to it. Yep. We uh, we said this when we hit 10 episodes. Uh, you know, we beat the odds. Uh, we didn't think we could get another 10 under our belt, yet here we are today uh, recording episode number 20. Of we, the break room boys, and we've we've not grown tired of it yet. And um, another bonus is we didn't die in a flood. Um, I don't know if if anybody else has seen it. That's that's not local, but Dallas basically went from uh, a seventy day plague. Essentially, yeah. it, it was a, not a plague, but you know, it was it was such a bad drought that it felt like a plague. Yeah, it felt biblical. We um, we bitched about the lack of rain all summer uh and we got it all in 12 hours we went from over 70 days in a row without rain to the second wettest august of all time in about 24 hours yeah we got uh i guess it started what sunday night um into monday morning we got eight and a half nine inches of rain some places in the metroplex saw i want to say 15 inches over a 24 hour span yeah I mean, that's eight and nine inches is one thing. Fifteen is what you read about on the internet. That's like a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> that's unheard of. Yeah. Um, I don't know about y'all, but where we are, um, we weren't affected too much. I was even actually able to drive to work when mm-hmm. I was watching videos that morning of cars being completely covered in water. Mm-hmm. Um, the tollway was a little bit hairy on the way to the office. Where uh, water pulled up a little bit in some areas, but for the most part, it was it was pretty easy going. Um, and so, like, I had a lot of people that were reaching out to me, going, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm chilling. I'm all right." Yeah. But uh, it's so funny too. Uh, you know, when you like, if you're sitting in your house, you know, as I was, as I imagine you were, like Sunday night, um, maybe early early Monday morning, you see like the flash flood warnings, and it's like unless you're in it, you don't even really. Think about how quickly it can happen, and mm-hmm. you can literally get like taken off the road. Yeah, um, as we saw in many many videos, as I'm sure um, 
a lot of people listening did, even if you don't live in Dallas. I mean, the shit was crazy. Yeah, and if Dal- you haven't seen those, by the way, go look them up. It is nuts. Dallas is um, it is very flat, like we talked about, um, and and sort of the downtown area sits at the lowest elevation, um, right there by the river. And it, it's funny. I've always talked shit about the Trinity River, how it looks like a creek, you know. And it's like <laughs> not anymore. It's that little park area, you know, uh, crossing the bridge, sort of over into my neck of the woods. Now, like that's always been dry. It's been nothing but grass. Like we've gone out there and taken the dogs. It's just a huge, massive grass field, uh, and all of that shit was underwater. Yeah, I I'd, believe it. Um, yeah, really wild. And luckily, Callie and I kind of live on. Oak Cliff's at a bit higher elevation than downtown, but even still, like, I went to pick up lunch Monday uh, and saw a couple parts of the road, like, I wouldn't have even wanted to take the truck through. It was just, yeah. like, I know some people probably got flooded in there. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, dude, just just crazy how we literally went, like you said, I think 70 debt. We went from June 3rd to, like, damn near August 1st, and maybe even or, further. No, uh, almost September 1st, right? Um, I don't... You know, I don't know what it ended up coming down to, but it was over 60 days, over two calendar months uh, without measurable rainfall. Um, and, yeah, now we're, we had to take a boat to record this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the Trinity River because, to your point, a lot of times, so if you drive over the bridge, um, whether you're going in or out of the city, um, it typically is. It's like a little trickle that kind of goes through there. And I saw a picture today online where the water had risen so much. It looked like there was about seven feet of clearance between the top of the water and that bridge. And, I mean, I was, I'm was i probably not even close there, but that's what it looked like to me. I mean, it was truthfully probably like 17 feet. Like, it was, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's normally a good, you know, what, a 50-foot drop. Like not, Oh, yeah. But never a drop of water. So I've never seen that part overflow, you know, like— that part of the river does truly look like a little creek, uh, and that shit was just a wreck. You know, sadly, I, I know like a handful of people died, and a lot of other people. Oh, really? I'm sure. Yeah, I've, I think uh, I, I saw for sure where one woman was trapped in her car. Um, oh, I, I think, think I did see that Uber today. Driver. It was an Uber driver, yeah. and I think there were a couple more people. I think maybe two people who were on foot actually um, got stuck in the flood water. But uh, yeah, dude, wild shit, and just it carries on very nicely with the. The theme we've had the Dude, last month or two. North Texas is just, we are living through some biblical times right now. There's just some craziness going on. We've touched on it like the last five fucking episodes, it feels like. Dude. But it's always something new. What, are the Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl now? Let's not get out, let's not get ridiculous here. Um, I'm fucking around. I, I, I wish, but that's never going to happen. But yeah, it was raining so hard Sunday night that like I was kind of excited. I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm going to sleep so good tonight. It was literally raining so hard that I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. I was fucking careful what you wish for. Uh, Our yard, our backyard, has looked awful because uh, when we moved in, it wasn't in terrible shape. It was overgrown. We got it cut. It looked good. And then, by God, it didn't fucking rain. Oh, yeah. For the first 60 days we lived in the house. And so all we did was bitch about the, you know, the yard looks terrible. It's just getting sun roasted out there. And then, the la- and like, these last two days, I literally can't let the dogs out there because it's underwater. Yeah. The whole yard's mud. Um, so thank you, um, you know, God or, or the, the forces that brought this rain. Um, thank you, I guess, for making up for the last 60 days' worth. All at once. Yeah. Um, awesome. Um, in other personal news, um, so last night me and Mary started to put together some bedside tables. Mm-hmm. So we've got – we still just have boxes and boxes of like 
wedding gifts and shit that are just sitting in our living room. And we decided, let's go ahead and start putting those uh, nightstands together. Nothing I love more than just sitting on the floor with an Allen wrench, just just looking at a pile of cheaply made furniture. Yeah, it gets worse, though. So, first of all, when, when your significant other, when you're the male in the relationship, when they say, let's put these together, mm-hmm. what that means is, how about you put these together? And Mary's going to get so mad at me when she hears this mm-hmm. because she was willing to help. But, like, there's only so many screwdrivers to go around, and... You have to I, I, do things in order, so... It, yeah, yeah. And, and so it was kind of hard to split the duties. We, but, we run into this issue a lot, and I got lucky with Callie, because she actually likes to assemble shit. She's yeah. one of the weird people who actually likes just unfolding instruction manuals and, like, really getting after it. I hate that. Um, well, and, so Mary had started to break out a YouTube video, and I'm yeah. like, no, no, it's, it's like, right here in this on the sheet of paper. I'd rather just follow that. Because we're going to take a process that already takes a long time, and then if we're trying to watch a YouTube video and rewind, and wait, how did he do that? I would rather just wing it and fuck up a couple times than sit there and do that. Tate's stomping through the styrofoam and eating the screws. Oh, my and like God, the, It's just sprawled all over the living room. Yeah, he, yeah. he does have a way of uh, getting in the way. But here's the worst part of all this. So a lot of these screws, they took a lot of force to kind of get into – they make the holes so damn small so that when the screw goes in, it actually stays tight. But you really have to just put some some elbow grease into it to get them to go. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of it, my hand is just raw and, and like bruised from twisting the screwdriver. And I was sitting there, I was just kind of chilling, um, you know, taking a break because I literally started to break a sweat by trying to screw in all these screws. And then it dawned on me. I was like, fuck, there is a power drill that we got for our, as a wedding gift that's just chilling in this pile Another over here. Another unopened. That <laughs> I should have been using this entire time. Dude, that's uh, <laughs> so few things that make you angrier than when you realize you've wasted a tremendous amount of time and effort. Yeah, yeah, that's, so that's yeah. where I was at at about 12.30 last night, and I was like, screw it, I'm just going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> we uh Callie went out one night we had ordered this thing that was intended to fit over the back of our toilet and be like a bathroom cabinet it didn't quite fit in that space just because the toilet's a little too close to the wall so that ended up frustrating me pretty badly after i spent like two hours putting this what'd y'all end up doing with it it's in our bedroom okay. and it look it's it's fine it actually it, we found a good spot for it and it looks normal um but she went out with friends one night and I didn't have to do this, again, because she enjoys... We were actually out with her that night. And oh, we, yeah. And y'all kept watched... watching me on the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot what the... I don't even remember where y'all were that night. But, yeah, I built that fucking thing. Uh, and it was the same thing where the screws were, like, kind of stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably should have just used a, a fucking drill because we have one. <laughs> and instead, I just sat there like a doofus uh, screwing it in by hand. But, yeah, dude, fucking... It, like fuck having to assemble your own furniture like it's it's we have a ton of it um in our house this is one of those things you have to go through you know when you when you're moving or or whatever getting married is another thing you're getting furniture but like fuck i hate building shit like that dude it's so annoying yeah i i really do too and uh i don't think that's ever going to change no but all right let's move into some sports um, Indeed. So the uh, the first topic that we want to talk about, we want to talk a little MLB here. Um, we're going to kind of update on where things are at right now. 
Uh, we are a little past three quarters of the way through the season, and we've been checking in basically every quarter of the way that we pass. Um, did it at the quarterway point, the midway point, and now we're going to do it at the three quarters point. Um, some of our predictions and what the odds are looking like uh, from a betting perspective. Um, we won't have we don't have to go through all of them because we have done that the last few times and it tends to drone on. But um, we also want to talk a little bit about a uh, a resurgence. So we'll 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 talk about that first because we've got it bulleted first. But uh, the machine, yes, Albert Pujols, yeah, um, yeah, Albert Pujols. Uh, I I don't even know. So I'll just start. Um, since July 6th, if you haven't been watching baseball, which over the summer it's very easy to lose interest. They play every day, unless you're a huge fan of your team. Like it's really easy to just sort of lose attention, uh, and especially when uh, sort of an all-time great, you know, makes his like homecoming for his last season, and like those things obviously are pretty uneventful most of the time. Yeah. Like. Usually they're not very good. This article I'm going <clears> to <throat> pull some of these numbers from. It even talks about like Griffey's last year in Seattle, like mm-hmm. 2010 or whatever. He played 33 games through the first two months, didn't hit a home run, and then just retired, like in May. Like that's that's what you see a lot um, with the sort of the fair, farewell tour of, of like, you know, obvious future Hall of Famers. But Albert Pujols started the season pretty slowly, uh, first two months up until early July. Um, and then he starting, I think July second, he he sort of started stringing some hits together and home runs together. And since July sixth, um, today is August twenty fourth. Twenty fourth, he's batting four ten. Oh, I'm sorry, he's batting four oh five with ten home runs since since, since that point. Since July sixth, um, the last ten games through this week in August, he has uh, or week and a half, I should say. Um, he's got the highest slugging percentage through ten games in his career. It's thirteen hundred. That's insane. Yeah, um, and so he he started picking it up around the All Star break. Uh, if you watch the home run derby, you know he made it out of the first round. Um, was it was it Schwarber? Was that yeah? Maybe? And so <laughs> yeah. obviously huge underdog there. He didn't win the thing, but it was fun just to watch him get out there and mash. People kind of thought that would be kind of the last highlight of his career, uh, and people were were very wrong. Um, because on August 14th, um, okay, so in the five games from August 14th to August 20th, he went nine for 16 with five home runs and 11 RBIs. Um, August 14th, he hit two home runs against the Brewers. Both uh, tanks, by the way. Uh, August 18th, he hit a pinch hit grand slam, number 690 of his career, career uh, grand slam number 16. August 20th, he went four for four with two home runs against the Diamond the Diamondbacks. Um, the 46th four-hit game of his career, first four-for-four four game for him since 2016. Oldest player ever with four hits and two home runs in a game. Uh, and I know he also tied Barry Bonds for most uh, pitchers homered against. I think it was like 440. Um, so, yeah, he's ending this season in style. He is at seven or 693. Uh, he's like two shy of A-Rod and then obviously seven shy of 700, which would make him one of four people to ever do that. Um I think the odds right now are like plus nine hundred for him getting there. Um, it's not super likely. I get you know if the Cardinals make a good playoff run, it becomes more likely. But um, I hope he gets there. If he fuck if he continues this pace, he will easily get there. He'll be there in like a week and a half. And I know that but, we argue a, a good bit about you know whether Barry Bonds, you know whether his record should really hold up given mm-hmm. his pervasive steroid use, which 
you know, goes without question. That yeah. was it was pervasive. Mm-hmm. Grown men often don't have their head and feet grow in their mid thirties. Typically not. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I think the true home run record is still Hank Aaron's. Yeah. At seven fifteen. Yeah. And if he can get past that. I think that's super, super fucking impressive. I, I think that that's, as far as it goes in my book, I think that's the new home run champ. Yeah, I don't think we have enough time for him to do that. Uh, now with it being August if he 24th. Came, if he decided to come back next year, yeah. then potentially. I mean, and he's playing well enough that it's not totally out of the question. Yeah, he's not just uh, out there for novelty. Like, right. the guy's mashing. And yeah. See, that was kind of the thing leading up to the All-Star break, too. He was he was batting like 180. And his at-bats were, were few and far between, and he just wasn't comfortable. And now um, he's he's been in the lineup a little more, uh, and he's still getting some pinch hit spots too, facing a lot of lefties, which he's, you know, I don't know what his career average is against left-handers, but he, he crushes them. And um, he, he is just putting the barrel on everything. He hit The last home run he hit at Wrigley a couple nights ago was like a, a, probably almost a foot up out of the zone, like by his chin mm-hmm. and, and away. And he he just fucking barreled it up and yanked it. He's, yeah. I mean, regardless of what he comes out with uh, all time, he's the best right-handed hitter we've ever seen by a large margin. And he's probably he's, I mean, again, Bonds was a little before our time in his prime, but we saw the end of his career. Um, really, for people like our age, but twenty-five to thirty-five, Albert Pujols is the best hitter we've ever seen. Yeah, and we've and, got maybe one of the biggest Cardinals homers out there on this on this podcast right now in Lucas, but like I I disagree with none of that. Yeah, um, and so again, it's just cool. It's always kind of sad when you see the all time greats have a kind of sad fizzle out retirement tour, like I was saying. But um, Polo is looking to finish this thing strong, um, and it's it's obviously yeah, like you just said, I'm a Cardinals homer. It's been a lot of fun for me. It would have been like if Chipper Jones was traded for ten years. And then came back one more season to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's kind of like that's what the guy means to the city. So um, it's been awesome watching him do this. I obviously hope we do well in the playoffs, and he keeps getting at bats. Um, but yeah, I want to move on to some other MLB talk. I just wanted to lead with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that it really has been extremely noteworthy. Just his resurgence this year yeah. when when. Again, we thought he was going to fizzle out, and then he's just absolutely turned it on. Um, let's let's touch on some of our um, some of our predictions that we had. And again, we're not going to get into everything, but I let's do like the MVP odds for NL and AL, and we can do World Series odds and kind okay. of see where we're sitting. Yeah. Um, as it stands right now, the NL MVP odds, Paul Goldschmidt is absolutely running away with it. He, he may win the triple crown. Yeah, he's yeah. got he, he has uh, the highest batting average in baseball right now. He's got a ton of dingers. He's, he's got a ton of he's RBIs. He's got one or two less home runs uh, than maybe Alonzo, and he's got one or two less RBIs than whoever is first on that list. Actually, last I checked, I want to say he's leading in RBIs. Okay, so he's just yeah. like, one or two home runs. So from, yeah. he's sitting at minus 500, <laughs> and in second place is Nolan Arenado, who was your pick at plus 1,600. Correct. Um. I had Matt Olson, and he is currently at uh, plus fifteen thousand. So I think we can go ahead and cross him off. Yeah, he d- a, he didn't uh, get off to a, a good enough start. No, uh, you do have to have a, a decent April and May. Um, 
at least a decent one, if not a great one. Typically, the MVP gets off to a pretty hot start. Yeah. Uh, and Arnauto did. He just eventually got overtaken uh, by Goldschmidt. But, but what I was going to say about Matt Olson, the guy is fucking crushing the ball. Yeah, he's had, he's had a few just absolute dong shots lately, yeah. including imagine... one today that he put in the Allegheny River. <laughs> yeah. That said it went 420, I'd think that was at minimum – 590 feet <laughs> yeah when it was 420 when it cleared the people and then kept, kept going yeah. um, but anyway yeah I, have, I imagine Atlanta fans have changed their tune on him uh, for the AL MVP odds we both had Vlad Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sitting at plus 10,000 it's looking like Aaron it's Judge. Be Aaron Judge Aaron yeah. Judge is going to run away with it yeah. at minus 800 however unlike in, in the NL uh, MVP odds Shohei Otani is at minus 105 so he's not He's not quite as far out as Arenado is in second place in the NL spot, but um, you know, so I guess there's still a chance. Mm-hmm. It's it's not looking real likely though. No, probably it's uh, Judge had about a nine game streak where he didn't homer, uh, but then he hit one I think two days ago. So like he and oh, no, he homered in back to back games after that. So he's yeah. ba- he's back. He's probably gonna have a good last month, and even if he doesn't, he it's probably still his to lose. So let's take a look at the uh, – just real quick, let's touch on the Cy Young odds, not not go into it, but I just want to say our NL guy that we both picked, Walker Bueller, Tommy John. Yeah, yeah. immediate, immediate disqualification. He's uh, disqualified not only for the rest of this year, but also the entirety of next year. Oh, he's so, missing the entire – he's not going to yeah. potentially come back late. It's saying he's going to miss 2023. He'll be back in 2024. Oh, we are so late in the season, I guess it makes sense, but that sucks, man. Yeah. So let's see the World Series odds. Um, Doesn't suck for me or you, fans of two other National League teams. But. Yeah, I'm not heartbroken over it. Um, predictions be damned. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, let's see. So as far as World Series odds go right now, it looks like uh, L.A. is leading the pack still, despite losing arguably their ace. Um, depending on the sports book that you're looking at, it's there are plus 325, 300, 350, somewhere in that range. Second place is everybody's least favorite team, the Astros, at plus 392, plus 370, plus 375, plus 400. You know, again, depending on the odds book that you're kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the Dodgers are the clear favorites right now. Surprise to nobody, but. Um, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I still think that the Yankees, um, even given their skid that they had recently, it was quite the skid. It it, it almost turned into a spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to turn it back on, and they'll be fine by postseason. So my prediction could still work out. And you had the Blue Jays, I want to say. Was that was that your pick? Um from the American League was the Rays. Oh, it was the Rays. That's right. Yeah, and then and then out west, uh, I think I had the Giants, but I think I had the Rays actually winning the World Series. So it was either the Rays or the Giants. Yeah, yeah you had one of those two winning. Um, Giants are, yeah, it's not looking yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, I think I said Dodgers. I meant Giants. Um, yeah, I think they're plus twenty five thousand, depending on what you're looking at. So, uh, yeah, we don't know what we're talking about though. So no surprise there. No. Um, Sticking with MLB, though, the new schedule rolled out today, and this one kind of took me by surprise a little bit. I don't tend to give a shit about schedule releases. Not when the season's eight months long. Right. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't really move the needle a lot of times. 
But this kind of crept up on me, and, and maybe I should have known this was coming, but I didn't. Um, they're completely changing the way that the scheduling is done, uh, at least for next year, I would assume, moving forward. But every team in the, in the MLB plays every other team in the MLB next season, which is Honestly, that's a long time coming. It should have been going on in the first place. You're yeah. playing 162 games. We maybe talked about this, but the Orioles this year visited New Bush Stadium, which opened in 2006, for the first time this year. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. How that's do you like? Nuts. How does that even happen? Like, how does that slip through the cracks? Where you there are only you play a fucking 162 games a year there's only 29 other teams and you haven't been to one in 15 years well and how it typically works is like each division plays uh so the same division of the opposite league well right it, but typically the way it works is like so like for instance this year the NL East played against the AL West that that is typically a four year cycle mm-hmm. they kind of cycle the rest of the teams through. Um, so I actually got to go see the Braves play at Texas. We The Cardinals. The Braves will be so. back in Texas yeah. next year, and I'm fucking stoked about it. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is something that should have been done such a long time ago, and I hope to God it sticks because, yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Like, I get it. Divisions are very important. But you don't need to play the same team. 60 times a year, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we, you can figure it out in a few series. Mm-hmm. Like we, we get who the better team is. We don't need to keep doing this and running it back. I think and, the I think the Bra- or the I think the Cardinals play the Reds every fourth game. I believe. Yeah. Every fourth series is against the Reds. And, for and us, like, it's the the Mets or the Marlins. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously Any whoever team your team yeah. in division is. But um, I think that this is such a great change. Not just because you get to see more matchups that are really intriguing. But it makes these rivalries that are kind of uh, that have kind of been overlooked a little bit lately. Like Yankees Red Sox is such an all time great rivalry, but they play so many fucking times a year. It's it like, lessens it, yeah. Yeah how how do you get amped up for that series when it's going to happen four more times? Yeah. throughout the rest it, of the season. And I love when those two teams meet in the playoffs, but like yeah, on just a Sunday night baseball in June, like I really don't care. They're, right. they're going to play. They've played. 10 times already and they're going to play 20 more yeah um yeah it's it, it is a long time coming uh, i've it's something i've thought about for a long time um and actually thought about earlier this year when um i was thinking about the next time the cardinals are going to be in town and i was like that should just be every year or it at should. least every or, other or, year or yeah. they're playing each other once a year. in some yeah. capacity wherever it's at so yeah. um yeah i this this needs to stick around because i think it just adds more intrigue to the game makes it better. Um, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, on, move, yeah. Onto some NBA news. Yeah. Moving on past baseball, uh, Katie is staying with the Nets. Yeah. Well, in, in a in a very um, uh, Jesus Christ, what's the word I'm looking for? Uneventful end to this whole saga. He's just going to stay put. The writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. Yeah. And and by that I mean. They were, the Nets were going to ask for so much in return for him. It's like there's only Rightfully so many. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's only so many places that actually have the assets to trade for him, and those those teams that would have those assets, they would basically have Kevin Durant and a skeleton crew. Yeah. 
Well, I th- and I think uh, Rosillo got into this a bit when he was talking about um, Kobe kind of reached that point in his career where it seemed for sure like he was going to get out of it. Back in like 07? Yeah, it seemed like for sure he was gone. It was, yeah, before he came back and won with mm-hmm. the Howe. Um, but he, and he ends up resigning. But there was a time where I think where Chicago was really uh, seemed like that was going to be the move. But he basically said like, "Hey, like you, you got to make sure there's dudes there when I get there. I don't want the team to suck." And it's like what, I think sometimes players, you know, in, in recent years, like they've talked about, you know, knowing your value and and you know the, the power dynamic has shifted. Sometimes I don't think they understand their value and what it takes to be traded to a team. Like right. you got to get rid of good players well, in exchange. When, like given the fact that KD just signed this incredibly lucrative contract in in New York yeah. or in Brooklyn, sorry. Um yeah, it's going to take a whole lot to move him. <laughs> and um this was one of the rare times where the the team put their they dug their heels in and they said, "Look, if we're getting rid of you, we're going to get so much back in return." And so you're either going to have like we're going to have to find the perfect suitor and you got to go play for a team that now sucks mm-hmm. or you're going to have to get over it and play with us. Yeah, I mean, he gets out of Golden State, uh, and and people have their their things to say about him there or whatever. It's not his team. He won Finals MVP, but um, you know the the the, the talking heads are still going to have their thing or whatever. And and that is Steph's team. Like you know, everyone knew that um, he built that thing, but it, people tried to lessen what Durant did, and so then he goes his own way, builds this thing in Brooklyn where he gets he gets the coach fired and gets Nash brought in. He gets his buddies there with him. He got Kyrie, and he got DeAndre Jordan got the the buddy deal, too. And it's like, all right, dude, we'll get whatever. Like It's like when a five-star has a two-star, three-star brother. They're like, all right, we'll sign yeah. that kid, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. bring A.J. McCarron's brother, who's like a walk-on. Um, and so, yeah, they're like, get your buddies in here, whatever, we get your coach. Um, and, and then, like, the guy still wanted out at the end of this. Like, he, he still wasn't happy. After he barely – I know he dealt with injuries and stuff. Like, that's the funny thing about he and Kyrie. Like, they barely played any fucking games over the they last They played something years. like 30 games together or something like if that. If that, yeah. yeah I mean, and then uh, the Ben Simmons part of it, too, is hilarious because he never ends up playing. I cannot minimum. wait to see the dynamic between the two of them because here's yeah. the thing. Did they mend fences and come to an agreement that he's going to stay there? Yeah, seems like it. Yeah. Is that going to work long term? Fuck no. Yeah. No, it's not. Because he's a malcontent. They but and yeah, he and Kyrie both and you and I were talking about we that. We still don't test. know how the Kyrie situation is going to work out. No, right. And with those two dudes, you don't know on a day-to-day basis. Um it's 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 really interesting, man. Like I, I try to it's you can't even really put yourself in those guys' shoes cuz it's just a uh whole nother dynamic when like all the attention's on you and you're you're the one whose decisions are being analyzed but it's hard to defend sometimes like when you get yeah. to when it gets to this point it's it, like man will you just like, just fucking play the game i'm a little conflicted on this because obviously the way katie has played it it seems like he's a petulant baby and yeah. i even tweeted that yeah I, I think that he has been a petulant baby since he's gotten to brooklyn mm-hmm. and things haven't gone exactly the way he wanted them to and so he wanted out um now he's sticking around and here's here's where my my conflict kind of comes into play though you've got guys like patrick beverly coming out of the woodwork saying you know he he has been affecting guys futures by sitting there in limbo, and now, you know, we don't know how the rest of things are, are going to work out. All right, I get it. KD has been wishy-washy at best, a total bitch at worst. But 
that's not his problem. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's also where I stand. It's like he doesn't need to answer really to anything to sure. anybody except his GM and coach, yeah, who he wants out. But uh, yeah, it's so it, it's well, it's kind of it's it's kind of a weird thing for me. Yeah, and that's the the thing too that kind of like. It, me and and I imagine you and a lot of people came around on him when he kind of owned the whole like, look, I am like online. I am aware of what's. He being got said rid of me. his burner accounts and started tweeting from his main. Yeah, and it's like all right, I think we're in that age now where it's like you're no longer seen as like weak-minded or thin-skinned just if you clap back at people online. I think in today's world that's, it's that's normal. That's it's what we want now. But um, yeah, like you said, man, if you're like the two people that you do have to be in line with, your head coach and your GM. Um, ideally your teammates, but, I mean, those two guys especially who make the decisions. And now, like, he's butting heads with them, and it's just like, what has to be done to make you fucking happy, dude? You know, I, I don't who know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it seems like Nash's days are, are probably numbered. Um, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, but it's going to be entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. Hashtag this league. This league, brother. Uh, keep it moving. Uh Darth Vader is is sticking around for a little while. Yeah. Nick Saban, he signed an extension. He's making just around just shy of eleven million dollars a year, I want to say. Just over eleven. Oh, it's just over? Okay. Um yeah, he'll be here until the twenty twenty nine season wraps up, I believe. Mm-hmm. And which he will be seventy nine? Yeah, seventy eight, seventy nine, something like Surprise, that. Surprise seventy nine. Um yeah, man, the, the Death Star keeps cruising. Uh, sorry, you hoes. Uh, hate it for you. <laughs> um, no, it, I was listening to The Athletic today and um, on the Andy Staples pod, and uh, they were just talking about how, like, a lot of coaches – We it's been said a lot. Like, we've talked about it probably some on this podcast too. We won't, we won't take forever. But, like, he is truly wired differently where a lot of coaches um, – you talk to them when they retire, and they're, like, relieved. Like they don't have to do these. They recruiting. rest on their laurels a, yeah. a little bit. They're they're well, happy with their accomplishments, and they say, "Hey, I've done all I can do." Yeah, they're, and now I'm gonna go go out on my boat. I'm gonna go play, play a golf. bunch of golf. Yeah. I'm gonna sit in my lazy boy. They don't have to grind dick every day and call people and watch film and fly around the country and recruit. And like that is what Nick Saban lives for. And um, that's what he's the fiercest recruiter on our staff. Like when the, we we make our recruiting chart and. And, and have our list of guys, like, the top ten are his. Like, he recruits them. Like, he lets the assistants handle anyone after that. But mm-hmm. um, And that's why he, like, it, you can't even really speculate how long this is going to go on. Because how, like, they were they were saying, they were asking each other, like, how old does he seem to you? 50? 55? No, seriously. <laughs> yeah. What does he seem, like, as far as just, like, attitude, you know drive dr- motivation everything. like, how, like how, how seems like he hasn't won a national championship and he's just dying to get one i know and that's <laughs> a, that's the, the crazy thing and i obviously it, it makes me happy and i'm very invested as someone who's who's been an alabama fan my whole life but just like kind of looking at it objectively like i try to do sometimes and um, what what's the common trope with people who who talk to you they're like yeah enjoy saban once he's gone you yeah. know y'all are going back to to normalcy yeah well, when the fuck's that going to happen? <laughs> right, and that's something... I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this for that, the foreseeable future. It's something that... It's been the one thing looming over this whole run is, like, it's got to end one day. But that, that day just keeps getting kicked down the road. Like what? It, it does. And, you know, 
I, I think things will start to level out eventually toward maybe if it's towards the end of this contract or hell, he might get extended again, but there will come a time when it's, it, it truly is kind of up in the air. Well, he's not going to let it go downhill. It, he's going to get out at that point. You think so? He, oh, he said that. He said, I, not, I, uh, I, I wish I could credit wherever, wherever I heard it from, but he, he has said before, like he'll be, he'll get out before he lets it go downhill. And yeah, I, th- I that's, think that's the one thing I would worry about a little bit is that he sticks around long enough to where it's like, OK, the end is actually in sight. Yeah. And now you're not getting these five star guys guys because they don't know if they're going to have Saban coaching them, no. you know, by year two. He's, three, he's never going to be Joe Paterno where you have five years of like he may not come back. He may die. Like <laughs> in, um, it's never going to be that. I, I think. To try to, because people say too, like, well, you know, he could just, he could honestly coach as long as he lives. He'll just maybe be a little more hands off, be kind of a more CEO type. It's like, you know nothing about Nick Saban if you think he's not going to be on the field, on the fucking practice field, coaching the DBs and like, you know, being hands on with the team. Like, that will be him until he can't do that anymore or for some reason doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, but he's never going to, you know, change who he is and, and let it go downhill. But, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, eight was it an eight year extension? I believe uh, so, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, not slowing down anytime soon. The only thing, the one thing uh, that is out of his control that may he's not he seems to have navigated it well. But the NIL thing, and Andy Staples made a good point. Um, he's been able to control every other aspect of the program and recruiting and mm. and everything. He does. Um, he's in control of. But he cannot make more rich people in Alabama. There's That's always going to be more rich people in Texas than in Alabama. And our collective, we do have quite deep pockets, but it's a smaller pool that we're, that we're getting the money from rather right. than a and m or a UT. Well, or it a seems Michigan. to be working out this, re- this recruiting cycle because he's on track to sign maybe his best class ever yeah. as it stands Well, now. And that's the thing, too. It's like, well, he's going to get soured by all this, and this is going to be the thing where he's like, I think this has probably just excited him more, and this is a new challenge that he's got to be the best at, too. Yeah. Um, but we can move on now, but we're so close to college football that there's just talking about this is is very exciting. It's really rustling my jimmies. Oh, dude, yeah. Um. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, we got one more sports topic, and it seems like we always got to talk about golf. But um, there just there seems to be so much news lately. Um, my my biggest news, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think I like live golf now. This tour, this. <laughs> I think I like live golf. Talk about this league, bro. Golf has been fucking drama filled and you know what this new netflix show is going to be coming out within the next year or so or whatever and uh holy shit do they have a lot of stuff that they can they can cover on that it's going to be so electric you you thought drive to survive was cool just wait till this golf stuff comes out yeah um but yeah um live golf has been such a blessing to the golf world and what i mean by that i again i will reiterate I hate Live Golf for the format that it is, and it sucks that they're taking a lot of, well, I say a lot. They've taken a few players that I actually want to see continue to play on the tour. Um, but what they are forcing to happen is the PGA Tour now has to change the way that they do things. They're now creating different events and different series 
where it's, uh, you know, they're paying players more, they're creating more uh, tournaments that have a lot of money on the line, therefore they're going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. But there's some news that came out, I think it was today, and this was pretty crazy. So uh, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, they are launching a new multi-million, uh, what is it, multi-million dollar stadium-style event. Uh, did you see about this? No. So essentially what they're going to have is the location has not been named yet. They don't know where they're going to do this. But essentially what it is is they are going to have – it's an 18-person event thing. It, it's, it's, it's over multiple weeks, but it's six teams of three guys, and they're going to be playing on a simulator – so they're essentially hitting at a screen, mm-hmm. which is going to be massive enough that you can have a stadium full of people watching. Right behind them is a giant area of sand traps, a green uh, chipping area, that kind of stuff, where they hit a few shots. And then they do the short game and live. And then they do the short game live. They, I guess That's they crazy. place it based on where they hit the ball. Um, it sounds... I'm a little speculative of how well you can actually make this work, but there's going to be a lot yeah, of money. Every, every green is going to be identical, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I would imagine they're probably going to change them by week. Yeah, uh, like the layout. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how much you can do that realistically, but that's, that's. I'm sold. I mean, that sounds pretty fucking sick. I'm a little speculative just because it's so outside of the box that you really have to do a great job of varying it and. Uh, making different little changes every week to make it work and actually viewable. Mm-hmm. But it sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. And Tiger Woods is going to be playing in it, and he's not going to have to walk an 18-hole course. So he, you're not going to have to worry about the, you know, him trying to walk after a severe car accident. You're just going to get to see the guy swing a club, and that's going to be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So um, I've got my fingers crossed that they're going to execute it well. There's going to be a lot of money on the line for the team that finishes first at the end of this this season that they do. Uh, I believe it starts in 2024. Hmm. So, uh, you know. just ima- like uh, just picturing myself sitting in a stadium, like a football stadium, and just watching a dude like mash one <laughs> into, yeah. into a screen. Like that's, so, that's that's something that Tiger entertaining Woods entertaining to think about. Right, that's something that Tiger Woods kind of talked about. Is he was like, you know. When you go to different sporting events, whether that's baseball, basketball, football, you name it, you are there in the stadium and you're watching everything that happens. Mm -hmm. Up until now, that has not been a possibility in golf because you have these massive multi-acre courses. You kind of got to pick where you want to be, who you want to follow as as far as a live spectator, you know, viewership goes. The live part, too, would be sick, too, because... You think about, like, uh, the 17th at TPC, right? right? That's the little part three with the stadium stand. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about, a like, a, a NFL or, like, college football stadium, like 80 to 100,000 people. Especially you talk about, yeah. like, finishing the hole live with the remaining, you know, 100 yards that you're working with or whatever. Um, that would be fucking awesome. That yeah. would be sick. So if uh, executed um, – Sorry, if executed well, it is weird. This is going to be really fucking cool. Oh yeah, I, I think so too, and I'm sure they'll have some more time to work out the kinks and kind of figure out the best way to do it. It definitely is a weird idea, but I'm so down to watch it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm stoked for it, and I I really can't wait to see what else the PGA Tour comes up with, kind of trying to combat Live Golf's. Uh, I wouldn't say resurgence. That doesn't make any sense. But they're they're kind of trying to rise and and overtake the PGA Tour for viewership. All right. Well, that pretty much covers our sports topics. So let's move into some weird news. Um, our boy Nick Cannon is back at it. He's back at it. He he can't stop. The man cannot stop. The man is ejaculate. fertile as they come, dude. This Nick guy. Cannon has baby number nine on the way, and we're getting to a point now where. If you fast forward 200 years, I believe that everyone will be a descendant of Nick Cannon. Of Nicholas Cannon. Um, there could have been, I don't know when you saw this, there could have easily been a 10th one conceived um, in the time. Just Actually, the, I just got an update. Yeah, he's got 10 and 11 coming. I got to no, turn the Cannon alerts on. <laughs> that, uh, we've talked, A whole lot of Cannon fodder. Yeah, I mean, dude, we <laughs> talked about it last time. Uh, I think, I guess, when baby number eight was born or announced, um, doesn't seem like that long ago. I mean, we've this is only our 20th episode. So, um, <laughs> the guy, I mean, he's just, he is popping him out at an alarming rate. I wonder if he's, like, secretly dying or something. Um, and he's just, like, trying to get, get as many offspring out there before he goes out. Um, but it's insane, the rate that, at which this man impregnates women. Yeah, it's it, it truly is because I know that there are couples out there where they try for years and they can't conceive a child. He does it accidentally like every other month. Yeah. All the like so often. You would think contraception would maybe come into play at some point. Yeah. It seems intentional at this point. Yeah. The dude is the Genghis Khan of of <laughs> MC's television host. He is um I mean, how old is Nick Cannon? 40? I don't even know. He could have 10 more kids before it's said and done, dude. <laughs> Mick Jagger fa- uh, just fathered a kid at like 78. Like, Nick Cannon's got a long, long, a lot of we game may, to be We played. may not be halfway through his his tank. Yeah, dude. We're talking about Nick, <laughs> Nick Saban, you know, his longevity and his success. Bro, Nick Cannon's got a, a long way to go. Plenty of time. He is trying to make us surpass china for <laughs> for population count he is single-handedly fighting the population <laughs> decline <laughs> and he's doing a goddamn good job at it too uh yeah that's that goes without debate um all right moving on to our next topic uh so we got we got a grandma here um actually i don't know if she actually is a grandma she's, she's grandma presenting she's 81 she's a, years old so there is a woman 81-year-old woman who was nabbed at an airport in Warsaw, Poland, Mm -hmm. with uh, five kilos of heroin. Mm -hmm. Not a small amount. No. No. Um, I would like to see the number of, like, how many people that could kill. Oh, dude. I'd like to see the— It's got to be astronomical. It may have included it. Oh, okay. It was over half a million dollars worth. It was about $515,000 worth of, of heroin. Um, traveling from Africa to Canada. I wonder if that, I don't know if that's a common drug route or not. She was a Danish woman. Okay. Arrested in Poland, traveling from Africa to Canada. Um, these type of things always make me wonder because, like, driving with a lot of drugs is one thing. It is, like, relatively (laughs) safe, you know? The odds of you getting pulled over are not likely. There's a lot of cars on the road. When you fly and you're checking a bag, 
this shit has to get checked. Like, there's no way around it. Like, <laughs> it's going through some form of security, and there's no way around that. Like, um, even with, like, you know, sort of modern-day weed laws and stuff, I always, like, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to leave just, like, a, like, weed paraphernalia in my bag and get pulled aside or something. Um, this lady had a false bottom in her suitcase with uh, $515,000 worth of heroin tucked under there, and it was just like, fuck it, we'll, we'll roll the dice. So this actually stopped me in my tracks because uh, obviously we're not on the metric system, and I'm I'm not uh, a big enough drug guy to really understand how many uh, how many pounds are in kilograms. Yeah. Five kilograms is uh, or or kilos is eleven pounds. Eleven pounds of heroin. That's a, a an adult cat. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so customs officers at Fred Le- Frederick, is that Chopin or Chopin? Chopin. Uh, airport decided to check the woman's luggage Sunday after becoming suspicious of her itinerary and her uneasy behavior. Yeah, Grandma, if you're going, if you're gonna be sneaking that that much weight around, at least act natural. You gotta play it cool, Nana. You gotta fucking. You can't be acting all antsy in there. This dude. reminds me of that. Uh, that Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. The Mule, yeah, I've never seen that. I just oh, you have to watch it. It's oh, yeah? actually it's actually really good. I'd forgotten about that. Another uh, definitely go check that out. She watched that movie and was inspired. Yeah, an elderly drug mule. Who says it's a young man's game <laughs> or a young woman? <laughs> yeah, I'll, um, I'll show them. All right, moving right along. Uh, we have a Florida man. That we do. We have believe it or not, we have one of the most Florida men I've ever seen. I would argue that this might be the most Florida man, Florida man we've ever seen. The st- his appearance combined with what he did certainly puts him in the conversation. Uh, his appearance alone makes him, you know, in the pantheon of Florida man. Well, and that's even if you're just looking at his mugshot. If you actually know, if you keep reading the details. Yes. So, let me just read you the headline. Let's let's get going there. Armless. He has no arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, armless. Artist. He's an, an artist. He is an artist. An armless artist. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not an artist. Yes, he is. Is he? Yeah, That the, I read past that, and then 20 seconds later I was like, He's an man. actual artist. Yeah, he doesn't have arms. He with, his, with, with his feet? He's got great foot dexterity, which we're, is going to We were about to find that out. Yeah. Uh, armless Florida man accused of stabbing a tourist. Mm-hmm. So, to, se- to set the, the scene here... Um, First of all, if, if you're a fan of Barstool Sports and um, specifically Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews, he was on one of the pizza reviews. Holy shit, he's dragging a suitcase or something. Yeah, he? He, he was dragging. It was that guy? It was that guy. No, I dude, I knew he looked familiar. And he's got he's got a real quintessential what I would call like meth face. He's got his head is shaped like a light bulb where it's it's a bit sunken in the middle and then very rounded at the cranium. <laughs> And he's 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 I don't know how old he is. He he he's probably about forty one. He looks to be about sixty seven. Um, just very sun beaten. And holy shit, you just blew my mind with him being <laughs> yeah. in that because I knew I'd seen the guy's face somewhere. Yeah, Portnoy uh, actually uh, he he tweeted a video. Oh of yeah, it. he's like, how's he pulling that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, same guy, but unbelievable. So the quotes out of this are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So um, according to a witness. Um, Coronado, who 
so the guy was Caesar Coronado. He was a uh, he was a tourist mm-hmm. in South Beach, Florida. Um, he was from Chicago. He was just visiting on vacation. Um, he was asking Crenshaw, the the armless man, mm-hmm. uh, for directions when the man suddenly attacked him, stabbing him in the arm before fleeing on foot with scissors. By the way, he, yes. he just had a set of scissors, used his foot and stabbed him in the arm with the scissors. Mm-hmm. Honestly, super impressive. Oh yeah, but uh, like, did he put his toes through the finger holes? I, wonder, I like to I think wonder so. which toes. Yeah. And I don't know. That's actually insane now that I, I think about it. It's more impressive than just picking up a knife. So here's here's the first quote. I'm not from here, and this is not what I came for. I came for a vacation. Oh, that's not what you came for? I know many people are here <laughs> with the intent to get stabbed uh, by an armless homeless, but I, I'm trying to hang out on the beach. <laughs> this was not on my travel agenda. <laughs> I don't know why you come to Florida, but. Um, I just said, do you know where this is? But as soon as I talked, the only thing he reacted was, he just cut me. Um, After being found near the scene by police, Crenshaw told officers he was lying down when a man came up to him and punched him in the head. Crenshaw said he pulled the pair of scissors from his suitcase with his feet and stabbed the man twice to defend himself. I'm just imagining him like unzipping a suitcase with his with his feet. What's he doing? Rifling through it with his feet. Is he pulling out a map? Is he? Is that how he's going to tell me where to go? Nope. First of all, why are you approaching a homeless, armless man and asking for directions? The arm, the lack of arms doesn't really make a huge difference. Well, he can't. He can't point out where to go. Oh, one. that's true. That's true. Because if I stick his give, tongue out, maybe if I give directions, I immediately point. So you got to rule that out. Plus, he's clearly local. You know, he's he's native to these streets. But if if I am in an unfamiliar unfamiliar place, I guess it makes sense to ask a homeless person. They've probably been around, but like that's not who I would ask. I guess you do have to know that uh, some sort of uh, unpredictable behavior is in the cards. Um, at least you know, at least maybe a response that is completely unrelated. But uh, I gotta say, this guy probably he had no way to see this one coming. Why would I go and attack someone else? No, no. I wouldn't do that. It's like, how the hell did I get stabbed? Like, is it the right guy at that point? Because I can't believe with his legs someone could do that. <laughs> I know I've just been stabbed, but it, it, it couldn't have been this man. He's, he's, he's not even mad. No, he's just, yeah. he's like, what, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. How, did, how did this happen and why? <laughs> can't even make sense of it all. And I don't... I, I don't, I don't blame him for being confused. That has to be, there's nothing that will happen the rest of that man's life that will confound him more. No. I could, I, just telling people what happened is hard to even, <laughs> to even spit out, hard to even digest. All right, and our last topic, uh, Herschel Walker. We're going to talk about our favorite politician. Big Hersh. <laughs> Again. Back at it. Uh, so the reason we're bringing up Herschel Walker, and we've we've spoken on him before, but he's running for Senate in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly very qualified because he had a lot of rushing yards. Um, Quite a few. He has been caught up in several lies, several weird things that he said that are either just completely untrue or they're just weird. Yeah, I think... Uh, you know, I'd bet the majority of things he says at this point can be refuted to some degree. I know, like, with Trump, people 
like to overblow it a little bit. I think his PolitiFact thing, something like 25-ish percent of the statements Trump made weren't entirely true, which is pretty pretty impressive. One high in, rate. One in four statements. Herschel Walker's got to be batting over 500. Like, it's like, I'd argue half of the, the things that he states, just, just anything he says, has at least. He, he has said that he was the valedictorian of his high school class, which was untrue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he graduated uh, from the University of Georgia. Uh, it was like top five percent of his class. Yes, he, he never he, did not graduate. he never graduated from Georgia. Uh, he stated that he was a police officer. That never happened. Uh, he stated he was in the FBI. Uh, also, did not happen. He claims to only have I think two children. Uh, yeah, there's a that's... there's a lengthy list. And, and honestly, if you want to get into a little nightly reading and just to go down that rabbit hole and enjoy, I, I recommend it. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, he decided to go against the the new climate bill, and look, here's the thing. Again, we don't like to delve into politics too much, give our own opinions. Um, I'll leave it at that. If you if you've got a problem with this bill that was rolled out by Democrats, um, okay, that's fine. It's just the the route that he took um, in disagreeing with this. It was very telling, yeah. So. Uh, Let's just jump into it. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker reiterated his his opposition to Democrats' climate, health care, and taxes bill over the weekend, arguing that too much of the money is going to trees. They continue to try to fool you like they are not like they are helping you out, but they're not. They're not helping you out because a lot of money it's going to trees. Walker said, according to a clip of his remarks that was shared with the Hill. Don't we have enough trees around here? He added in the comments that were first reported by the Atlanta <laughs> Journal Constitution. Um, that's his th- like. <laughs> that's the part that stuck out to him, and he was like, "Fuck that, dude." He drove into- so. I drive around. I see so many trees. I can't even count. He them drove all. into work that day. He was like, "There's a tree. There's a tree. Fucking trees everywhere. What are we talking about here? <laughs> this is just." <laughs> This is how he how he just sees uh, the political divisiveness in America is just trees versus no trees. He thinks Democrats are printing money and just stuffing it in the hole of a tree. Uh, he's just like, look, it all boils down to do you want more trees or no? That's all I need to know about you. That tells me <laughs> yeah. that tells me everything I need to know about you as a man. And so uh, he he went on to say, yes, you heard me right, Joe Biden is spending $1.5 billion on urban forestry and raising taxes on those making under 200 k to pay for it. Yes, I have a problem with that. Okay, listen. If you would have come out and said that, like I, like, I don't think it's that important that we put $1.5 billion in taxpayer money into urban forestry. Okay, you know what, man? You could probably make a pretty solid argument. It's just like, maybe, maybe put it a little better. We've so many fucking trees, dude. Why do we need more trees? What are we paying for? (laughs) Fucking trees everywhere. What are we? And the funny thing is about that too is there are like it gets into an article like tangible positive effects to planting trees in urban areas. So like yes, literally the opposite of what he. There are measurable health outcomes to doing that. Yeah, and even if we're not. Again, I just love to think about him just thinking of everything in terms of trees. Like it's just <laughs> that's just what it all comes down to. Do you fund the trees or or not? I mean, they better have what, some fruit coming off them. Yeah, better be apple trees or something. I mean, dude, 
He drives by like a sapling. He's just like fucking makes me sick. So uh, they go on to say, so Paul Paul Falkowski, a professor at Rutgers University in the Earth and Planetary Sciences and Marine and Coastal Sciences departments, um, he said, if you were to plant millions of trees, which is what many countries want to do, not just the United States, we'd be removing a significant amount of carbon. Again, we don't even have to go down the climate change rabbit hole. We, we don't necessarily need to do that. Pollution in and of itself, whether you think it's affecting the climate or not, it's not good. Yeah. And if we have trees out there that are kind of filtering that a little bit and producing oxygen, yeah. seems like a good thing. This is not opinion. We, yeah. we are cutting down forests at a unsustainable rate. Yeah. And so all I hear when you say that is that you're a tree supporting son of a bitch. I am hugging you're, trees and you are in maybe the, more. You're in the pockets of big tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Herschel Walker sure isn't. So, yeah, I just found that really funny that that's kind of what he hung his hat on. And he's like, dude, fuck all these trees. Like, we don't need more of them. I laughed so hard when I, when I read just the, the first couple paragraphs in his statement. Um, it's just it's just amazing. There is oddly uh, a beauty to the simplicity at which he operates. Um, I, I hope for the for the sake of the people in Georgia, he does not win uh, this this a nomination or this this race um but man just so entertaining all right so that wraps up our news articles for the week um let's get into it our favorite subreddit r slash tifu today i fucked up and we've got a pretty good one on the docket today uh today i fucked up by opening my fiance's dms Ooh. Oh, oh no oh no indeed the wound is still fresh, so bear with me. Uh, here we have... So, again, we, we've got an interesting format here, uh, just like last week. Um, we have, we've got, like, different bolded, uh, I guess... They're, like, bolded... Uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to explain Cliff it. Cliff notes of sorts? No, so... Oh, like... Uh... Like titled sections. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's what that's what I'm going for. Um, all right, let's start with the discovery. Okay. I had a rough day, and my fiance's algorithms are top notch. So I was scrolling through his apps to entertain myself, hoping for a pick me up. Ah, female author. Yes. Okay. He went to take a shower. I opened his Instagram, got bored with Reddit, so sorry, and noticed he had a couple new DMs. We don't snoop through each other's phones, but we don't hide hide anything either, or so I thought. So I clicked on them just to see if they were important because he doesn't check Insta that often. Well, I see the DMs are from a deleted account, thus sparking my interest. So I click and I scroll. Messages go years back, maybe 20 to 30 messages total. <laughs> You're going to say 20 to 30 years. Like, yeah, I don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's possible. Uh, some winky faces, some slightly sexual memes, and a few photos of lingerie. Nothing outright incriminating, but who is this bitch? My heart dropped. We're getting married in less than five months. These messages aren't okay. He's not a cheater. Never once have I questioned that, nor has he given me any reason to. I start to see red. The confrontation. I put on my big girl pants, wipe my tears, and storm into the bathroom. Rip open the shower curtain, revealing this idiot's, albeit glorious, naked body. 
He, though quite startled, raises his eyebrows and smirks. Looking to join, he says, Wrong move, buddy. I go off, you know, like a badass. He denies it, you know, like a liar. I hold his towel hostage and toss him his phone so he can see for himself. He scrolls and pulls off this wildly confused demeanor. I literally see the blood leave his face. He just kind of says, stuttering, Baby, I don't know. We go back and forth. He swears up and down he has no idea who this could be. I'm just as surprised as you are, he claims criminally. So I take his phone so I can quote this uh, other woman for emphasis. The reveal. I ready my best Valley Girl voice and scroll to the most recent uh, received messages. I notice for the first time, inconveniently, uh, inconveniently so, a picture she sent of a guinea pig. I think, oh hell, I love guinea pigs. Then I remember, I have seen this guinea pig before. Then I realize, she is me. I deleted all my social media almost a year ago. Neither of us remembered any of the messages that we sent. Clearly. I start laughing and happy crying. My fiancé looks as if he just won the lottery and received the death penalty simultaneously. The aftermath. Now we sit, both recently showered, debating whether or not we should welcome a guinea pig into our family. I am so embarrassed. He is so relieved. We are crazy, stupid, and so in love. Wow. Um, <laughs> can you imagine how nervous that guy was for like 20 minutes until they figured that out? Like yeah. He just got... You just got um, accosted in the shower. You have and this insanely I'm, incriminating evidence yet. Yes. This yet. Is, this is you a, know damn well you haven't done anything wrong. You're yes. like, what the f-? Like, this, I can't even begin to comprehend this. This is like when people get brought in for questioning by detectives and you know they're guilty because of how calm they are. Like... When if you were innocent, you would be freaking the fuck out doing everything you can to prove your innocence. Like, I'm sure this guy was in a similar position where he was like, I really don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know who to-. And she was like, you're fucking lying to me. Um, that's an incredible. They had to have laughed very hard, I imagine, when they when they put that together. Um, but, yeah, f- funny enough, Callie and I were talking about today because um, I think Maybe we're watching doorbell cam video of us or something, and like mm-hmm. I, it was like something I don't even remember saying. Like walking into the house, I was like, I, "I'm glad this isn't the case." But can you imagine if every conversation we've ever had was recorded, and you could just go back in the archives, like go to you and Mary sitting on the couch in August of 2019 or whatever? Yeah, you, you'd have no recollection of those conversations. None. None. And like, well, it's fu- it's funnier that this was a social media account that seems like a, a little harder to forget about, but totally realistic could totally happen well how, how many time how many text and phone calls and messages have you sent me or our friends or mary and like that you have no recollection of here's the funniest part to me though um she brings up the fact that so she wants to go to his instagram because his algorithms are, are better they come up with funnier videos i'm sure that's what she's looking for her message was unread and she had deleted her Instagram account over a year ago. Like, this dude never gets on Instagram. Like, no. what? Or she sc- scrolled in his DMs. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I'm thinking that's probably it. I think she got Snoopy. I, yeah. I think she says that, like, we trust each other. We don't go through each other's shit. She probably had she to go a ways back. Yeah. I don't feel like she might have been doing a little Snoopy Snoop and came back to bite her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's insane. Um, she she did have a an extremely long winded edit or two. Um, 
where she was like, look, a lot of these comments are toxic. My fiance has since responded to a few of you. We're in a good spot. It was an honest fuck up, which I mean, it clearly is. That is alarming. If you don't remember any of that stuff and you just happen to come across it, that would kind of stop you in your tracks. You know, you find out there's potentially some infidelity going on five months before you get married. What's funny is the guy, too, didn't re- like, obviously his first reaction is going to be like a little bit of panic and like, what are you talking about? But then showing him the message thread, he didn't recognize it either. <laughs> it had just completely escaped both of their members. They were like, who the hell is this mystery person? She was looking at her own lingerie. I got hacked. I'm telling you, I got hacked. It's the only explanation. She was looking at her own underwear and didn't know it was her <laughs> until she came across her guinea pig. I mean, these people might have might have deeper issues. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, dude, that that's a good one. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that probably a rough few minutes for both parties there. I will say, um, it seems like this guy is a good sport, and it 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 doesn't seem like this became a deeper issue. It sounds like it was a honestly kind of a bonding moment. Where they were both like, how fucking stupid are we? Yeah. <laughs> you brought this to me, and I couldn't immediately tell you, hey, idiot, that's you. Hey. Like, I, I couldn't even do that. So we're both just stupid. The bitch is me. It's me. <laughs> it's me. What a twist. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Uh, that wraps up. Uh, excuse me. That wraps up episode 20 of The Break Room Boys. And um, hopefully we've got at least 20 more to go. Uh, I wish I could talk. Dude, if you... I've made it all the way through, and I just forgot how to talk. If you have a stroke and don't make it out of the studio, we won't have another 20 to record. We might not make 21. No. (laughs) Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Don't don't give any money to trees, um, but keep supporting this podcast. Don't ask homeless men with no arms for directions either. Don't ever do that. Um, And don't don't fly. uh, Don't board a plane with 11 pounds of, of heroin either. Uh, but do keep listening to this podcast. Um, subscribe. Share to it with it. your friends. Share it. Share it with your uh, with your parents and um, and your priest and, and anyone else you value. Um, we appreciate it. Yeah, y'all have a good one.